when they say, you know, oh, wow, you're a builder. Like, what do you do? Do you build like cabinets or tables or I can say, yeah, I do all of it. Like check out, check out my page, check out my work. And, you know, it's really cool to be able to show people what I've actually done so far. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Rebecca Thornton, owner of the furniture company Southern Pine Design Co. Rebecca is a true student of the industry. She is always learning and growing and asking questions that help her move her company forward. And this drive to continue expanding her knowledge has led to not only her company continuing to succeed, but has also given her the ability to teach others what she has learned, helping to expand the industry and grow the trade of woodworking for all. With a head for business and a heart for building, Rebecca is continuing to evolve her company using every opportunity that comes her way. So follow along as we talk about keeping track of your numbers, the importance of community, working with another shop to grow, and much more. So let's get into the episode and hear about Rebecca's story in her own words. My business kind of started in 2016. I began refinishing furniture like everyone was doing at the time with chalk paint and all that good stuff. But I started doing it for myself. And then locally, I had people start asking me if I could do it from them. And towards the end of the year, I just decided, you know, it would be really cool to start my own business. And I kind of just bit the bullet. I was like, if I don't go ahead and do this, I'm never going to do it. So I applied for everything. And I went back and forth, you know, picking a name. And um, I really just started there with furniture refinishing and picture frames. Now, you said when you started your business that you jumped right in. And I get that because starting a business is exciting. But you also said that in the beginning, you applied for all the appropriate things. So what were some of those things that you were applying for to make sure your business started in the right way? So I decided I did want to have an LLC from the beginning. I think a lot of people start out um, doing the work first and then realizing they should probably get an LLC. My husband's family are business owners, so I kind of knew from the beginning, like, I want to go ahead and get a name, get my business registered. Um, get an LLC. So I did that. Um, you both, you have to register with the state and with your county in Georgia where I am. So I picked out my name, got my business license and kind of started from there. Before you started this, before you started making furniture and the picture frames and the refinishing and the building furniture that you're doing now, before that, what what led up to being excited about furniture? Well, I never... I guess I never really had a ton of hobbies. Um, I I feel like I've had a lifetime of business experience. I worked in everything from retail management to business office management to editorial. I've been in PR. Um, and at the time, I was working at a dental office and um, just running basically the accounting part of it. And I just had my son and I was really looking for something to just, I mean, mom, any, any mom is going to know this. Like you're kind of looking for something when you've got a young baby to kind of make you feel yourself. And my grandmother had passed away and my aunt had given me this piece of furniture, but it was one of those, you know, kind of seventies, eighties pieces of like orange, it was like orange buffet that 
like, I really want to make this fit in our house. And, you know, <laughs> so I chalk painted it. I painted it gray and it still actually is in my dining room. It's one of the first pieces I've ever done. And it was just something that just gave back a little bit of me to me. It made me feel a sense of accomplishment. It gave me kind of something for myself when it felt like my whole like early motherhood was so surrounded by nursing this baby. You started your furniture company with the skills, obviously, to do the furniture part of it, but you also started with the the business skills as well from working at those different businesses all the way up to when you started your own company. So when you did start, besides the LLC and applying for all the necessary parts to get your business started, what were you putting in place in the beginning on the business side to be able to track your expenses, to be able to bill your clients, to be able to do all of that stuff that usually comes later in a furniture company because people are very interested in building the pieces first and then figuring out the business part later. But since you started knowing the business part, what were you doing in the beginning? Uh, I kind of am an Excel sheet queen. So really, you know, I, I made an invoice. I, I Google a lot, which, you know, this day and age, you can find almost anything online. So I would, I would Google and look at different invoices. I would look at their verbiage and get ideas. You know, this, this price is only good for 90 days or, you know, that when you sign here, like you're putting your deposit down. If I don't receive the remainder, this furniture piece will, you know, remain mine until it's fully paid. Things like that. I mean, I just, I just kind of looked online and got ideas of what other people that had already done what I was doing were doing. And I would build Excel spreadsheets for my invoicing. I didn't have QuickBooks at the time. So really it was just all spreadsheets for me. I kept a spreadsheet of my cost and my income and a spreadsheet to break down the pricing for the clients and just kind of went from there. You had all that laid out, but sometimes best laid plans once you actually start getting customers and you start getting clients and it starts turning into a real business, sometimes those plans can change and adapt and they're either bad and they need to become better or they're okay and they need to adjust with what you're doing. So what did you change from when you started back in 2016 to now? So people who are starting their businesses now might not have to go through that entire journey and process of learning what to do. I mean, I think now we're where there's so many software programs available to track everything. I would encourage somebody that was literally starting from the ground up to go ahead and get QuickBooks, get a business credit card, because um, you can integrate those where it just pulls in everything automatically. It saves time. You don't have to enter receipts. You've got everything in one place. So it makes gathering all your information really simple. I would suggest getting a business bank account, um, which is not something I did at the beginning, but is something that I highly recommend is keeping your business expenses separate um, because you can always, you know, if you need to give your business money, you can always do an owner deposit or you can always take out an owner payment if you need to. Um, but I would recommend having a bank account. One thing I feel like I still am learning and getting better at is is really just pricing, learning how long things take you to do. I really underpriced at the beginning because I wanted to get every single job. I was I had the the mindset that the more jobs I had, the more money I was going to make, which really is not true if you're not pricing correctly. So um, I'm still learning from Jeremy and Ed, who are the owners of Jericho Home, where I work um, 
with them a couple of days a week, still learning pricing from them and learning not only to break down your materials, but to give yourself like a percentage for shop costs because your tools are going to have maintenance needs. You've got expendables like sandpaper, glue, stuff like that, that you're, you're having to constantly buy. And then not only giving yourself an hourly rate, but then allowing yourself a profit margin. So, you know, you have to think of it as if you're giving a job to someone else, they might have an hourly rate, but there has to be profit in there somewhere too. So you'd have to take yourself out of it and say, okay, if I'm paying $35 an hour to have this done, if I have to turn around and give that $35 to somebody else to build something, then I'm making zero if I don't put a profit margin on it. So just learning to mark things up and do materials and then my hourly rate for whatever, however many hours the work is going to take me and then doing a 20, 30, 40% markup so that the business is actually making money off the jobs. All great advice and definitely something that that a lot of people struggle with is the pricing. And Mm -hmm. I appreciate you laying it out in such a, a quality way, because even if people don't follow that road exactly, they can still understand where your pricing comes from and get a little bit of an insight into where they want to take their own. You sort of jumped ahead and got into my next question a little bit (laughs) in that answer. And I'm sure people heard you saying that you work at another company, Jericho Home, some parts of the week. And that's kind of a an overachieving thing on your part, because you do have a furniture company, you do have clients, you have been doing this for a while, but I know that you wanted to add to your skills and on the woodworking and also on the business and the running a business part of it. So you decided to continue to run your furniture company, but also work with another furniture company that's more established and learn on the job and get those skills doing that. And that's a great way to learn both the business and the woodworking parts. Can you talk a little bit about that setup and how, I guess, it came about and the pluses that you see in working for another company while you're doing your own thing? After being with them for, you know, whatever, nine months or so now, um, the skills that I've learned with them are just invaluable. I've I walked into a shop where I had gone from using job site tools, working out of my own basement, to a full production wood shop with you know high end tools, um, everything you need for precise milling. So a good joiner, a good planer, the bandsaw, a, a large scale table saw with an outfeed table for plywood. Where you know I'm used to working on my Dewalt job site and finagling a piece of plywood over one of those doesn't really get you the most precise cuts. Um, But aside from, you know, the base salary aspect of it, I really got to go into a a production wood shop and learn from two guys already doing the dang thing. And my, just my self-confidence level, you know, having two people there to correct you in real time too, if you're doing something wrong, I think I've learned more from them in the past nine months than I've learned in five or six years having my own company just because, you know, a couple times a week, I've got people showing me how to, how to do new things and use new tools. And um, it's just really been advantageous. I, I hope they would say the same about me being there helping, <laughs> helping them, but um, it's really been great on my end. Um, I definitely think we help, I help them push product 
steps out the door faster. It's been a really great experience. There are, I'm sure, a lot of people listening to this show who are in a very similar situation to you. They're working at a shop and they want to suck up all that knowledge and all those skills there and put that into their own business. You already talked a little bit about how you're doing that, but I want to go into that a little bit more. How how do you approach a day where you're working for somebody else, you're on somebody else's clock, but you're also trying to get information for yourself and get skills for yourself. So you don't want to be selfish about it. You're not there for yourself. You're there for somebody else, but you also are there for yourself and you're there to learn. So how do you balance that in the real world, in an actual day of working for somebody else, but also working for yourself at the same time? Well, I'm very fortunate. I mean, Jeremy and Ed have been nothing but overly gracious to me. And Jeremy has said from the get go, you know, if you leave here and we'll wish you nothing but the best. So I think one of the things that I try to be cautious of is not copying like design. I think learning the skills is different than because and it is hard, you know, because you see when you get used to that design, the design concepts that they come up with, it's hard not to subconsciously apply that to your own work, right? So you know, just trying to be mindful of that. And honestly, Jeremy is so incredibly talented when it comes to design. I don't think I could, I I can't like get in his brain and take, take all his designs. Anyway, he's, he's incredibly talented when it comes to that. But really just, I I try to take what I learned there and the skills that I've learned there and, and turn it and make it my own. Um, I ask lots of questions. They're very good at answering all my silly questions. um, But Anybody who has learned to woodwork off YouTube <laughs> knows there's just there's just a lot of stuff that in the moment you're like, am I doing this right? Is this, you know, is this the right way to use this tool? Is there a better way to do this? And, you know, that's where kind of Ed comes into play. And Ed is uh, an incredibly smart, has an incredibly smart engineering type mind. So he is insane when it comes to making jigs and anything requiring measurements and all the engineering type things that come into woodworking, how to assemble things. Um, You know, he's really great with that. So um, he's constantly showing me how to do things better or more efficiently, obviously with it being a production shop, it's not all, uh, it's not all fun and games, you know, like you're, you're trying to push things out the door. You're trying to make deadlines, trying to make profit. Yeah. I just ask lots of questions. Asking questions is great. And that's something that, People who have learned the art of furniture making through social media or through books sometimes don't get that opportunity to. So I know that you really put a lot of stake into when you started learning off of social media and it got you to the point where you could start your own company. But then, like you said yourself, you wanted to go beyond that. And that's why you're learning from people who are doing it and learning it on the job. Enough of talking about somebody else's company. And I, I hear in your voice the, the respect and the admiration and the appreciativeness that you have for them and for the skills that they're sharing. But you also, at the same time, on the days that you're not working there, are running your own company. So let's get back into that. And I want to talk about how you're getting 
clients and how you have been getting clients. What's your process of getting your name out there for people to want to work with you? Well, really, when I started my business, it was just word of mouth. It was just, you know, friends knowing that I redone furniture. Um, My mom and my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are all local. So I think them, you know, I'm still their baby. So they're like, oh, she's doing this. She's doing this now. She started her own company. So as small as it was, you know, I've got them kind of out there bragging about me and, you know, what I'm doing and sharing that with people. Um, really one of the things I'm trying to get into now is more local marketing. I think, you know, it's great when you have a shippable product like home accessories, which I do love and my heart is totally in stuff like that, but the profit margin on accessories, it can just be small. So it's, it can be difficult to build a business on that. And if you can really do some bigger projects, which I know there's plenty of people out there. I've heard you talk to many of them that are shipping tables and all these things. But I mean, that's that's a lot to figure out. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of logistics. So I think for me, especially the point I am having two young kids, finding local business is really what I'm interested in. So I going to markets and meeting other business owners in my area. I would say before I started you know, doing this full time, I really didn't have the confidence in myself to uh, share with everyone what I did. It kind of just felt like a hobby. It didn't feel as much like a business. But since I've really, you know, put all my eggs in the basket and gone full time, uh, I know that if I want this business to grow, I have to get my name out there and just trying to really put the word out there that that's what I do. And that's what I can do. And if you need you know, furniture refinished, or if you need something built, you know, whether it's cabinetry or furniture or whatnot, you know, and I'm kind of lucky in the aspect that now I'm to the point where if a lot of times someone will come to me with a project that was kind of out of my scope. But now that I have Jericho home that I work so closely with, it's another advantage of working with someone else that's local to you is, you know, if I get a project that's bigger than what I can handle, you know, and kind of pass it along to them and I can refer them. So I kind of, I don't have to be afraid to, to boast on myself too much. And on the other end of it, you know, I, I've come far enough now, learned enough that I think my skill level is much more elevated than it was a year or two ago. So I think now there's a lot more I can take on, on my own, you know, as token as it may be, People think it's cool that women do woodworking. And I think that's there's really something to be said for that. And I think you can use it to your advantage. Just getting out in my local community and meeting people and letting them know the scope of what I can do. And, you know, I've got Instagram. I've got, you know, a good gallery, which I think is a great place to showcase your work and showcase what you can do that I'll pull up my Instagram and show people when they say, you know, oh, wow, you're a builder. Like, what do you do? Do you build like cabinets or tables or, you know, and I can say, yeah, I do all of it. Like check out, check out my page, check out my work. And, you know, it's really cool to be able to show people what I've actually done so far. That's the beauty of advertising local, of wanting to work locally where it's not putting something online. It's not putting it out there into the ether and hoping somebody bites on it. You can control your own destiny because you're talking to 
somebody who's right there. And if you have that confidence in yourself and your skill set and what you're putting out there, which you do because you've been doing this for a while and you are making amazing things. So if you have that confidence, then people who you're talking to pick up on that. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. ways you get local business by selling yourself and being that type of salesman. Yeah. And I think, you know, people like I was are are shy to go out and talk about what they do. But even, you know, my girlfriend, Lizzie from the house of timber, when she first started out, like she would go into local businesses and say, Hey, would you guys be interested in a sign? You just kind of have to get over that fear of rejection and realize that the worst thing someone can say is no. And, uh, I think if you get out there and you put yourself out there in your local community, I think you'll realize that people really do love to support local and whether it's going into a clothing boutique and asking if they want to put cutting boards in there or vases or really just like, again, you just can't be afraid to be told no. So I think going out there and meeting people and, and telling them what you do. And like you said, when you are confident in yourself, other people are going to see that. And if you believe in you, then they're going to believe in you. You're taking that confidence even to the next level by not only having your own business and selling it, but also doing classes and selling classes, which is another example of a way that you can make money in the furniture business, the woodworking business, the making business. That's something that you've been doing. You're taking the skills that you've learned and saying, I can do this. I want to show other people how to do this, and I want to make money showing other people how to do this. Doing classes is a great secondary revenue stream or first revenue stream for a lot of people. So let's talk a little bit about that, how one, you came to that idea, how you decided I should be teaching these things, and two, how you set that up. Well, if you if you really want to test your skills and test your confidence, try to teach somebody else to do what you do. I mean, right? It's It's not when you're the one answering questions, it's one thing to know yourself what you're doing, but answering other people's questions can definitely be challenging. Um, I think again, just like getting over that fear of rejection, you have to get over that fear of, I don't know. You know, I, my first class, I was so nervous and I was like, people are going to ask me stuff that I am not going to know the answer to. And really, if you don't know the answer, it's, you just have to say, you know what, that's a really great question. Um, let's look that up or I'm going to find that out for you. And, you know, you have to get over that fear of like, what if I, what if they ask me something I don't know? You have to get over that fear of like, oh, I'm going to look like a fraud. I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. If they ask me a question and I can't answer it, that was my biggest fear going into it. But, you know, people are there to learn. And, and I felt like it was really reassuring to me at the end of the first class. It was like, wow, you know, I really, really do know what I'm doing. And I really, you know, I love sharing my skills with others. I love, I love giving back to the community that's given to me. That's really how I started teaching was way back when I started my Instagram account. I loved showing people what I was doing and how to do it. And I would give tips and I just love helping other people learn to build. I feel like it it has done so much for me in my life giving me a confidence and just giving me kind of a sense of self and a sense of worthiness and being able to put something into this world that it's hard sometimes when you, if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, it's hard, I feel like, to have a sense of worthiness. And I feel like for me, teaching people gives me that. 
being able to give back to people what was given to me so freely with other people out there teaching. It's just, it really um, is really fulfilling for me. Well, I don't think I could have had a a better segue into my next question (sighs) about giving back to the people who are listening and sharing with people who are either starting their business or have been doing their business for a long time and want to get more out of it. So with all the knowledge that that you've gotten over the years about the furniture business from other people and all the knowledge that you've learned about it from yourself, what are some things that you could share with people listening to help them run their businesses better? I think the biggest thing in the woodworking industry, and it could be in every industry, I don't know, but I think the best thing and the biggest thing in the woodworking industry is the community. Um, I have never really reached out to anyone who wasn't willing to help or willing to share. And I think if you're trying to start a business, I think leaning on people who have done what you're trying to do. And I don't think you could find a group of people who is more willing to share how they do things. And I mean, pricing structure. And I mean, just that openness of the community to share everything they've done to be successful, I think is really, uh, really valuable. So people get really upset about social media and about the negative parts of it. But I think if you go into it and you go and actually look for the positive, which is the community that it can give you, I think it can be a valuable resource. So I think not only watching and learning from people, but I think not being afraid to reach out and ask questions. Again, I I was that kid in high school that always had their hand up. So asking questions has never been hard for me, but I know it it can be hard for people. But I think if you're, I think if you want to start your own furniture business, the best thing you can do for yourself is to be confident enough to like reach out to other people and, and ask questions. And again, the worst thing that can happen is you reach out to somebody and they don't answer you. But I think really building a community around you is has really been helpful because there you've got like-minded people who are not only supporting you but helping you learn. Well, you've helped a lot of people learn from this episode and I want to thank you for that for sharing your knowledge and for sharing your journey and your story and I wish you nothing but success moving forward in your business. Thank you. I th- appreciate you having me and if there's anybody out there who's you know, kind of struggling to start their own business and wondering if they should dive right in. I, I encourage you to look in your local community, look for other builders, you know, see if somebody needs a shop assistant and um, can form really great relationships that way. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard and you got value out of it, please think about leaving a review and subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about the series, please visit buildingafurniturebrand.com and feel free to reach out anytime with questions or guest suggestions to hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can find me at The Build with Ethan on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed the show and can't wait to bring you the next one.